BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I entered the apartment to see four sets of eyes gawping at me. Hang on. I know Ned and Philip from my math class, and the girl currently giving me a snooty look while twirling her hair around her finger was Jessica. Well, I didn't actually know her, but her wealthy and snobbish reputation preceded her. Then lastly was that emo kid. What was his name again? Deciding to break the uncomfortable silence, I said, Oh, hey, so guess you guys are also in detention? No one replied. Though they surely heard me. Whoa, okay. This atmosphere was tense. And I thought I'd always been the awkward one. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm being made to do this weird detention. All I did was accidentally and poorly throw the dodgeball in the gym teacher's face. Then when I was about to apologize, my tongue slipped. But, but, aren't you supposed to be the toughest since you're the gym teacher? I mumbled. Naturally, she was livid, so I ended up in the principal's office, and he handed me a piece of paper with an apartment address on it and said, Go here for your detention. You'll stay here until you've learned your lesson. Huh? What type of unspecific instructions were those? Before I could ask him any more, he shooed me out of his office. Now, here I am in this random apartment with these untalkative kids. As I looked at them, I couldn't help but wonder what they'd done to end up here, especially when Ned was an excellent student. Did he make the wrong move in the chess club or something? <laughs> we continued the whole staring at each other in silence routine. But then the door burst open and stormed in Gwen, our school's resident carefree tomboy. She sneered out, Good evening, babies. Great. Now I was stuck sharing a living space with a girl renowned for playing pranks such as toilet papering the principal's car and filling the biology lab with live frogs. But seriously, how were we at her truancy level? Let's see who we have here. Gwen rubbed her hands as she walked around and stared at us. Princess Jessica? Oof, how come? She raised an eyebrow and grinned sarcastically. Just sit down and shut up. Gwen gave him a dirty look. This isn't basketball. You're not the captain here, jock. Then she squared up to him. Ned turned pale. Jessica rolled her eyes. And the emo boy, well, he was busy sketching something and clearly chose to ignore our existence. We'd only been here for less than an hour. 
and the last thing we needed was a fist fight, so I stepped in between them. Pulling a wry face, Gwen said, What's this? Little Miss Friendly? Look, we're all stuck here and we don't know for how long, so let's at least try to be civil. Let's try talking it out. So, I'm Ashley, and I'm here because of a misunderstanding with a gym teacher and a dodgeball. Jeez, nobody cares! I can't believe I have to be here with these people! Jessica stood up and left. Pfft, I'm with Miss Popular on this one. Ned sneered before he also left. And the emo boy, too. Then Gwen rasped and disappeared. There was only Philip and me left in the room. Hmm, he was meant to be handsome and stuff. But looking at him now, I didn't think so. Ugh, this awkward silence was insufferable. This was just like that movie, The Breakfast Club, but much worse, and in much longer time. <sighs> Who on earth had to pack clothes for detention? I had no idea how long I had to stay here for. So I decided to go to bed. I walked into the girls' room to see that both of the beds next to the window were already occupied. Bummer, they'd taken the best spots. I reluctantly got into the only bed left and hoped that tomorrow wouldn't suck as much as today had. The next morning, I woke up to yelling. Huh? I rubbed my eyes and yawned. It was still far too early. I went out into the corridor to see what was going on and saw Jessica and Ned arguing over the apartment's only bathroom. Jessica wanted to apply her makeup while Ned really needed to go. Then Philip watched on and butted in on occasion to say something dumb. Why don't you use some of your nerdy mathematics to solve your problem? The only reason you need to spend so long applying makeup is because you're ugly. Ooh, burn! Philip laughed. Suddenly, the bathroom door slammed shut. They rushed over to it and tried opening it to no avail. Ten minutes later, the emo kid stepped out. Jessica screamed at him. How dare you! My personal stuff is still in there! I watched on, wide-eyed. OMG! These people were ridiculous! How was I meant to live with them? In the end, we eventually came to an agreement about the bathroom's rule. It was first come, first serve, but each of us could only have the throne for a max 15 minutes. Being in such a small space with people I barely knew was always going to be problematic, but not having our phones as a distraction made it so much harder. We had one TV, but there's only one lousy channel on it. No one cleaned up. No one seemed to get along. Ugh, seriously? When will this end? All of the constant dirt and arguing was driving me nuts. But then the final straw was this one time when I was washing my face, the cleansing foam accidentally got into my eyes to wipe it out. But to my horror, when I opened my eyes, so I quickly reached for a towel, I saw myself holding someone's sock instead. Yuck! After that, I gathered everyone and threw the sock onto the floor and said, We need to sort out order as I can't live like this anymore. It's gross. Jessica snorted. Who are you to boss around? No one cares what you think. Before I even had a chance to say anything back, Ned piped in that Jessica was just a dumb rich girl who never lifted a finger. Then Gwen jumped up to her feet and started shouting for no reason. 
Philip gave me this smirky know-it-all look that made me want to scream, then he actually lobbed a basketball at me, which almost took my head off. Then, ignoring the others, I started shouting at him. The only one who stayed quiet was the emo boy. You aren't even that pretty. In fact, I've seen more attractive slugs. I heard Ned say to Jessica, Hmm, that was a bit much, wasn't it? I mean, it was obvious Ned only teases Jessica because he has a huge crush on her. Jessica huffed as she tossed her hair behind her back, then stormed off to her room. Man, this place sucks. At least lunchtime had arrived. So I made myself a delicious-looking burger, then quickly went to the bathroom. When I returned, I couldn't believe it. Philip was taking a bite out of my burger. I screamed at him, but then he shrugged, then said he'd make me a new one. And like a decade later, my replacement lunch finally arrived, and Philip was smiling at me strangely and watched on as I bit into it. Ew! I lifted up the top of the bun to see a raw piece of beetroot. Ugh. I was so fed up with everyone that I went to bed super early that night. Only, when I woke up the next day, both Jessica and Gwen burst out laughing at me. I hurried to the bathroom and checked out my face. Oh no. Turns out someone had drawn on my pillow, and now I had ink all over my face. I had to scrub my face for ages to get it off. Then Philip wouldn't quit laughing at me. I knew he was responsible. Ugh! Such a jerk! And on the other hand... We also had the emo kid that I was seriously getting sick of. He never said or did anything. Instead, he just sat there, usually wearing his stompy boots and looking all moody. I mean, why wear those sweaty-looking boots when he's stuck inside? It was about time he spoke up, so I came up with a prank to get him talking. When the emo kid was in the shower, Ned and I filled his beloved boots with mayo. A little later, I heard some loud thump. Then the emo kid did a weird walk across the room with his foot covered in mayo while clutching one of his boots. Have you lost your mind? He shouted. And not gonna lie, I was intimidated by this other side of him. Then out of nowhere, Jessica appeared. She turned to me and shoved my shoulder. That was too much, don't you think? Oh no, you didn't. I wasn't gonna let someone like her speak to me like that and get away with it so I struck a defensive pose and glared at her. We ended up in a stare-off when suddenly I felt arms pulling me back. It was Philip. I tried flailing free of his grip, which caused him to lose his balance, and he accidentally elbowed Gwen. Oh, you're done, Jock! Soon, Jessica and I were pulling each other's hair, and Gwen and Philip were shoving each other. It was mayhem! Stop! All of you! It was the emo kid. He glared at us with rage. You're acting like immature brats! Well, that was unexpected. But I guess it worked. As a few seconds later, we started cleaning up the mess we'd made. We knew something needed to change. So at dinner, we all sat around the table and tried to sort things out. The others were all staring down at their food and not talking, so I decided to go first. So... I'm here because I don't always react well to certain situations. I don't know. I guess I find it hard to make friends. I trailed off. Then Ned spoke up. 
The only word my mom seems to know nowadays is study, study, study. I feel like all I am to her is a grade. So when I got a B in English lit, I ripped it up in front of the teacher. That's the story. Jessica flicked back her hair then said, Try having all the money you could ever want, but the most neglectful parents ever. I bet they still haven't noticed that I've been stuck here with you losers for days now, just because I told some girl her skirt was hideous. I was doing her a favor. Poof. Then Philip blurted out, My father wanted me to be strong and manly just like him. I don't want to be like him, but I'm worried I will be, and that I won't be able to do anything about it. So I skipped basketball practice, got into an argument with the coach and my dad, and now I'm in the weirdest detention ever. Gwen sneered. Least your dad's around. Mine does month-long disappearing acts. And my mom's dead. Oh, and I'm here because I put paint in some clown's locker. Serves them right for badmouthing me. Her words were followed by an intense silence. Awkward. But I felt like I understood everyone a little better now. Oh, but hang on. The emo kid hadn't said anything. Hey, you. I looked at him. So, what's your story? He shrugged, and I didn't think he was going to talk, but then in a quiet voice he said, I'm Stan. I never knew my dad. My mom isn't around, so I live with my grandparents. I'm here because I ignored the principal, but only because I had earphones in. Oh, I muttered out. Look, I'm sorry about your boots. I'll help you clean them if you like. Stan nodded. Jessica was right. I had been a bit harsh on him. Then Ned gave this awkward smile and said, Um, Jessica, I know I've been a jerk to you, but it's only because I, um, I like you. Jessica didn't do so much as flinch. She still kept studying her nails probably because having boys smitten over her was already a part of her daily routine. Well, I might like someone too. Phil stretched his arms behind his chair. I guess I like winding her up. He looked directly at me. I felt myself blushing, and I had this weird fluttering feeling in my stomach. But why? My heart started racing. Now what was I meant to do? Hi everyone, my name is Cassie, and I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me, and probably their vision, because I'm a real dazzler. Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend, and I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd, to find the one who will also dazzle me with his brilliance, and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone, instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party, and then he just treated me like a friend. 
but it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hairdryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow, it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape, and they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school, who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh no. As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I decided heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca, and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary. But no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged, so I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day, and everyone went to her place because she had a pool and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry. I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore, and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks. Guys were swimming in the pool, and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever. Nothing fancy. Just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm. And all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears. But I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost. Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers, and I was supposed to leave? What? Am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up. Happy Rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek. While I burned with jealousy and anger. Porsche? Seriously? Just over some tears? If I had known it was that easy, I'd be throwing tantrums for Mark every week. I wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car, but that would probably ruin my reputation even more. Instead, I decided to be friends with Rebecca, and then after, I discovered all her secrets. Destroy her. But as soon as I approached the new girl, she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players, who used to carry me in their arms. Stay away from her. 
One of them said, I just wanted to talk. You already talked once and made Rebecca cry. We won't let her get hurt. You go near her again and we won't let you get away with it. Got it? Threatened the other one. Holy crap, are they all crazy? Maybe Rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys. I thought nobody would ever look at me now, but I still had admirers outside of school. So I decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then. His name was Zach. He won, by the way. We drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike, and we looked great. Right up until the moment when Rebecca and Mark pulled up in their limo. They made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really liked my money, and you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me, so back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong, because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop, so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl who I used to make fun of a lot. No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked, while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me. Why do you need others? The guy hugged me, and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean, why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm. And I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering. But then everyone will be disappointed in her and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before, and Zach was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end-of-school-year ball? The effect would be amazing. For me, of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to get the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. 
Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her, and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I look at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zack was right. There's no need to ruin anything, because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want. He answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca. She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation, and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked, and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her, Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you want to go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date, and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach, waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, and being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that. And now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them. And be sure to share this video with your friends. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications. That I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly, and finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault. It's all you, shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, 
thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? 
I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. <sighs> Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. 
Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again? I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. <laughs> True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends.